You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Red Leg Nation Radio podcast. This is episode seven of the podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, one of the editors at RedLegNation.com. Thanks for joining us today. If you're listening to us via the player on RedLegNation.com, I want you to please feel free to click on the RN Radio tab up at the top of the page there. It's a new tab that we've just put up uh, on that page. It has some instructions on how to subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe via RSS or via iTunes, however you prefer. You can also download each individual episode of the podcast if you wish. Um, also, if you'll notice over on the right sidebar, and you may be actually listening to the podcast through that uh, widget that we have on there now at this time, uh, sort of a new item we've put up there that you can listen to any of the uh, previous podcasts, uh, listen to all of them uh, there through the through your browser right there on the Red Lake Nation page while you're at the site. All right, let's get started today with uh, some some Reds discussion. Hope everyone's recovered from the holidays, everyone's back at work, uh, sort of some drudgery coming up for the next couple of months, I guess, for a lot of people until those pitchers and catchers start reporting. Uh, about six weeks or so from now, uh, that's when uh, spring really starts to bloom, and we've all got, uh, we'll all have a lot of information uh, about the Reds uh, coming out at that time. Right now, it's a little bit of a dead period, um, but um, the hot stove did heat up just a bit in the baseball world over the last uh, week or so, and that's going to be topic number one here today on the podcast. Um, a couple of hard-hitting outfielders, a couple of guys really that I would love to have seen uh, playing for the Reds. Uh, they signed free agent contracts this week, uh, neither of which were signed with the Reds, but um, so they're off the table uh, at this time. One of those guys uh, was Milton Bradley. Now, I know there's some uh, maybe some uh, people who wouldn't agree with me on this Milton Bradley uh, issue, but I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the guy. Uh, he signed a big contract with the Chicago Cubs this week, three years, $30 million. Now, I will say off the top uh, here, I'm not sure I'd give Milton Bradley $30 million. Uh, well, I may give him $30 million. I'm not sure if I'd go three years on him. Um, you know, he had some injury problems. He's had some other, obviously, some off-field issues, that uh, some baggage that comes with him along uh, uh, wherever he goes, and he's been with a number of teams now, and there's a reason for that, certainly. Um, but i got to say, uh, the, the price they paid for him really was reasonable uh, at $10 million a year. And I can't believe I'm saying that that's a reasonable price, but really it is for a hitter like Milton Bradley. Um, if I were the Reds, I really would have been trying to get in on the action uh, for him. Uh, this, this guy can just flat-out hit. Uh, last year he had an OPS plus of 163. Listen, that's great. That, that's fantastic. Um, his on-base percentage was 436. Slugging was 563. I mean, this is just a, just a productive hitter. Uh, that's, and that's the only way you can describe him. Um, I do, again, I do understand the reasons against signing him, I, and I, I can't really jump down, uh, jump on Walt Jockety and criticize him too much uh, if he didn't pursue Milton Bradley, but I do love to watch that guy hit. Um, he's a pure hitter, um, and not a, a pure hitter in the sense that everyone used to call uh, a guy like uh, Hal Morris a professional hitter. This guy's, a, this guy's a hitter, Milton Bradley. Now, injury problems, he's not been able to stay on the field much, so it's tough to commit that much money to him. But on the other hand, uh, it would have been nice to really see him hit that bat in the middle of the Reds lineup. Could have played him out in the left field and uh, would have really improved this offense. Now the other guy who signed this week, uh, 
may have been a little bit more realistic. Maybe not. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment, whether either of these guys were realistic. But the other guy was uh, Pat Burrell, uh, formerly of the World Series champion Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, he signed a contract signed a contract with the Tampa Bay Rays for $16 million over two years, uh, which that really blew me away. That, that was exceedingly reasonable, in my opinion, that contract. I, I thought he'd get more than that. Um, and some of the reasons why maybe he didn't get more than that uh, may be uh, hampering Adam Dunn's search for a, a new team uh, and, and, and big bucks. I don't know. Uh, we'll discuss that again in, in a moment as well. But uh, if I were the Reds, I would have offered, uh, you know, I'd have gone up to $20 million or more um, for a couple of years for Burl to try to lure him to Cincinnati. I just um, I think he would have fit in extremely nicely in left field for the Reds. Now, one issue with that, and this is a Cincinnati-specific issue, uh, if you look at Burl's skill set, look at his career numbers, he looks an awful lot like a right-handed hitting Adam Dunn. Uh, less productive than Dunn across the board, which makes you wonder why they don't go after Dunn. Um, but his skill set is very similar to uh, what Dunn's were. And, you know, we all know that Adam Dunn, one of the most productive players in the league, uh, by most measures, one of the most productive hitters, I should say, I guess. Um, he was run out of town on a rail by the Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati fans, uh, especially Cincinnati media. Um, you know, go figure. If Pat Burrell were to come to Cincinnati, uh, well, it wouldn't have been a good situation because it would not have taken long before uh, Marty Brenneman and uh, his minions Turned on Burl the same way they turned on Dunn because he strikes out a lot. But uh, that, uh, when you consider how much the guy produces, I think that Tampa Bay just got a wonderful bargain. So, anyway, the Reds didn't get either of these guys. And, you know, I really don't know how seriously uh, Walt Jockety pursued either one of them. And, you know, there's no guarantee the Reds could have gotten either of those guys um, at those prices or any other price. Uh, anyway, yeah, there are a lot of other things that go into it, obviously. If I were a player, I'd probably want to play for – Tampa Bay or Chicago rather than Cincinnati, too. Okay, no, I wouldn't. But uh, if I were a player that wasn't so interested in the, the Reds as I am, I could see going to go to a team that's going to be a winner next year or has a better likelihood of being a winner in 2009 than the Reds. So we didn't get Burrell, didn't get uh, Milton Bradley. Rocco Baldelli signed with the Red Sox. Um, Manny Ramirez and Adam Dunn are still out there, but that's just about it when it comes to people that might uh, look good in the Reds lineup to really give a solid hitting outfielder. So what's up with the Reds outfield? Uh, and that brings us, possibly unfortunately, to topic number two today, that is Jerry Hairston Jr. Uh, if you hadn't heard this week or hadn't seen it, um, you've not been at Red Leg Nation because that's been a big topic of discussion. Uh, Hairston signed a... One-year contract with the Reds is guaranteed $2 million contract. There are multiple incentives uh, in the deal that could make it up worth up to $4 million. And the Reds really kind of always seem to be the leader for Harrison Services. They outbid the Royals and the Cardinals were the two primary suitors for Harrison other than the Reds. Now, here's the kicker on, that, uh, on the signing of Harrison. It does appear that Cincinnati plans to make Hairston the starting shortstop this season. Uh, it's really looking like Alex Gonzalez won't be ready by opening day. Um, now, forget for a moment that Alex Gonzalez, uh, I don't know if he should be a starting shortstop for the Reds anyway, 
that's another discussion for another day, even if you were healthy. But let's break down that uh, re-signing of Jerry Hairston just a bit and, and discuss uh, the prospects of Hairston being the starting shortstop on opening day for the Cincinnati Reds. Now, first of all, there's one fantastic thing about this signing. I think you'll all agree. It's fantastic because now we get to listen to George Graham call him Jerry Harrison on the Reds television broadcast for a whole season, another season, two straight years. So, you know, we got that going for us, which is nice. Uh, all in all, I'm glad that, that Harrison's returning, I, you know, especially at the price. It's, it's a, again, it's a reasonable contract. Um, as a utility guy, Harrison is very handy to have around. Uh, plays a number of positions. There's absolutely no chance, I say zero chance whatsoever, of uh, Harrison putting up the same numbers he had last year in his limited action. And his numbers last year were outstanding, no question. He's a versatile guy. I'll take him. Um, he's the kind of guy that can play a lot of positions and can really do a lot of things to help a good team. But that's as a utility guy. I'm very concerned about the prospect of Harrison being our starting shortstop. I know a lot of you all are, too, from reading the comments at Red Lake Nation, all the discussion on the posts about Jerry Harrison. There's a lot of people really concerned about the premise that Harrison should be the starting shortstop if Gonzalez isn't ready. The Reds have got serious questions about the defense, and this does not help. Uh, defense was terrible last year. This year, you've got Ramon Hernandez at the new catcher. Uh, big questions about his defensive ability. Willie Tavares in center field. I think most would agree that neither of those two guys were very good at all in the field last year at least. Uh, Tavares has shown some ability in the past to be a good defensive player, but not in the last two years. Uh, so jury may be still out on, on Tavares, but uh, no one would say that Hernandez and Tavares are really exceptional defensive players, and I don't know that they're upgrades defensively from what the Reds already had last year. Certainly both uh, have a chance to be an upgrade offensively from Paul Bacco and, and David Ross at catcher and Corey Patterson in center field. Um, but then you add Jerry Harrison at shortstop into the mix, and all of a sudden the Reds are looking pretty poor up the middle um, You know, at this point. Harrison was one of the five worst fielding shortstops in the majors last year by most metrics. Uh, this defense, if, if Harrison's playing a lot at, as the starting shortstop, is going to be ugly, flat-out ugly. Now, then again, you know, Walt Jockey has made several comments over the offseason about uh, Harrison possibly being punched in there as the starting left fielder, um, which just scares me to death. Um, you know, if, if the Reds are unable to obtain a, real, obtain a real hitter to play that position, I'm afraid they're going to put Harrison out there. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I like having Harrison around as utility guy. Um, he's a valuable type of player uh, in, if used correctly. If he starts in left field for any significant amount of time, however, really it's, it's just going to be a disaster. Um, you know, again, Harrison's numbers in 2008 were very good. Uh, I'm not naive enough, uh, and I don't think you should be either, though, to believe that at age 32, all of a sudden, Jerry Harrison learned to hit. I mean, that's just that doesn't happen. Uh, the year before, 2007, uh, playing with Texas, Harrison's OPS plus was a terrible 42. Um, his on-base percentage, 249. His on slugging percentage, 289. 
His batting average, 189. Um, his career uh, OPS for his career is 700. The league's uh, average OPS during that time, 763. A. So he's, I mean, he's going towards the end of his career. He's going to be 33 this year. You got to think on the downside of a, of a career that hasn't been very good at all. He's not. You can't, you're not going to be able to count on Jerry Harrison to be a, a stud hitter like he was last year. And he was. He was great last year. Um, 326 batting average, uh, 871 OPS. Um, if he could put that up again, I'd throw him out in left field and, and let him go. But I just I, I don't see that happening. Um, frankly, he's probably not a, a 538 OPS guy like he was in 07. Uh, he's, and he's not a eight, an 871 OPS guy like he was last year. The truth is, he's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, that's where his real ability seems to lie. But if you expect him to repeat his 2008 numbers, I'm just going to tell you right now, you have lost your mind. So. But then again, I, I'm not even sure we can count on uh, Harrison being healthy for 100 games. He really has not been healthy his entire career. He's uh, saying that he's got a nutritionist or a dietitian or someone helping him uh, gonna, that's going to fix his hamstring problems, he says. And I hope so. I hope he's doing everything he can to take care of his body. Um, because, uh, again, if used correctly, he can help the team. But back to the, the the prospect of Harrison playing left field, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that an outfield of uh, Harrison and Willie Tavares and Jay Bruce would be one of the worst outfields in the majors. Maybe the, the single worst outfield. Uh, Jay Bruce is going to be a superstar. I don't know if he's going to become that superstar this year. He is going to be eventually. But he's not going to be able to carry the load himself. And when you look at the, this team, unless uh, my favorite red, Edwin Encarnacion, takes a huge step forward offensively, it's going to be up to really Bruce and Votto to carry this offense, and that's really a that's that's tough a tough thing to to lay on to two young guys like that. Yeah. But over at RedDegNation.com this week, as I mentioned before, there's been a lot of really good discussion about the Harrison signing and what that means for the 2009 Reds. I want to highlight some of that. Uh, fellow Red Leg Nation editor Chris, he and one of the, our, our favorite commenters, uh, Seeker. They think that uh, all Walt Jockey has done so far this offseason uh, is rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic, so to speak. Um, says Chris, he said, quote, they have a small ballpark built for left-handed power, i.e. Griffey, and they keep talking about filling it with right-handers and speed guys who can go get the ball in the outfield. And, you know, I agree with that. It doesn't make much sense. Uh, I'm not sure what the what the plan is there. There's also some talk on the discussion board that has been, and, and Walt Jockety has mentioned that he's been speaking to the Yankees. Um, so there's talk of the possibility that the Reds might be able to swing a trade for uh, Xavier Nady or Nick Swisher from New York. And if the price is right on those, uh, I'd be all for either one of those guys. Uh, now, neither one of them are world beaters. Uh, Nady in particular is overrated, frankly. Uh, but they could help this team in, in 2009. No question in my mind. Uh, the Reds are going to need offense in the worst way this year. And Jerry, if Jerry Hairston and, and Willie Tavares and Ramon Hernandez are all starting guys uh, regularly in 2009, the Reds are in for some big trouble. Uh, I just can't see those guys uh, all being a part of the, the starting eight, being three uh, of the starting eight for a competitive team. I just I don't see it. So, But there's plenty to complain about. I, I understand that, but I'm ready for some optimism. It's 
It's uh, all, you know, the new year is here. It's uh, not too long before pitchers and catchers report. I always enjoy looking at the Reds through rose, Pete Rose colored glasses, I guess. Um, and so I'm always trying to search for things that we can be optimistic about. And uh, there was a comment uh, at uh, redlegnation.com by one of our favorite commenters, uh, Daedalus, um, I guess is how you pronounce it. Uh, she's got a fine Reds blog in her own right. Uh, you can find that under Church of Baseball in the Red Leg Nation blogs listing over on the right sidebar at redlegnation.com. Be sure to check that out. But she made an excellent comment at Red Leg Nation uh, that I wanted to highlight quickly. She says, you know, we should really be thankful that for the first time in a heck of a long time, we aren't really concerned about starting pitching. Sure, we have some ifs. Will Harang return to form? Can Bronson win 14? Can Cueto improve? Can Volquez repeat? Will it be Homer or Owings or Thompson or Ramirez? But these are all okay concerns to have, not like last year when we had Harang and Arroyo and who knows going into spring training. And I want to add a hearty amen to, to that. Uh, the pitching really looks better in Cincinnati than it has in years. And I mean, I, I'm not sure I remember when the pitching looked as good as this. Um, I think this, the, the rotation has a higher ceiling, certainly, than the 1990 World Champion Reds. Uh, well, I love that uh, that rotation. My man, uh, Tom Browning, and uh, All-American boy Jack Armstrong. And then, of course, you had uh, Danny Jackson as well. Jose Rijo uh, as the ace of that staff. Uh, that's, that's a good-looking staff. But but these guys we've got now are, are you know, Volquez and Cueto are top-of-the-rotation stuff. Uh, Harang is a stud. Uh, I expect him to bounce back in some fashion. And even Arroyo, you know, he's a – He's not a world beater, but uh, he's an innings eater, and he's a, he's a, you know, if you're looking at him to be your third or fourth starter, there are worse options out there than, than Bronson Arroyo. So, um, for the first time in a while, the pitching looks better than it has in, um, and, and that's something really to be excited about. Another thing, there's more prospects now in the minor leagues than the Reds have had in years. Um, we've been, I know, obsessively following a terrible team for the last decade. But there may just be a light at the end of this tunnel, and I, I want to try to focus on that more uh, as we go forward here into 2009. I don't expect much out of the 2019, but uh, there's there's some there's some light there at the end of that tunnel. Try to keep telling yourself that. I'm going to tell myself that uh, we'll all go insane if we don't have some hope that this string of losing seasons is going to end, uh, that we're going to not be the Royals and the Pirates anymore like we have been for the last eight or nine years. Um, I'll go ahead and say it. I don't think there's any way the Reds can have a winning record in 2009 if they go into the season with the guys they have now. That's the stipulation there. There's always hope that they will be able to acquire a big hitter or two, though. And if not, you know, I still have a lot of hope for 2010 and beyond. So we may have to slug through one more season, but let's try to stay optimistic as we can. I know that's tough sometimes, but I'm going to try. I hope uh, you all will, too. Okay, that's a wrap. This edition of the Red Lake Nation Radio Podcast, a, a shorter one today. We'll be back soon. We've got uh, some more interviews lined up, and we're trying to organize a roundtable discussion with the Red Lake Nation editors we hope to have up in the next uh, next little bit. So, as always, please email with any questions, comments, or suggestions at uh, chat at redlegnation.com. And don't forget to join us at redlegnation.com every day for discussion and analysis of the Cincinnati Reds by the best group of Red, Reds fans anywhere. You are Red Lake Nation.
For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.